Journey Podcast. I'm so excited to be here with you guys today to talk about jealousy and how to put that in its place because that's something that we're all going to deal with at various points in time and knowing how to put it in its place and identify it and move forward from that is really crucial to being able to become the people that we're intended to become and experience life to the full. So let's jump into that. All right, y'all. Jealousy is something that is super annoying. It just nags at your heart and your soul and you want it to go away. You don't want to admit that it's even there and it makes us feel ashamed. Jealousy is a thief of joy, but far too often we totally give into it. Okay, so first off, I think we should take a look at the definition of jealousy because there's actually a lot of them. The first one is a feeling or showing of envy of somebody or their achievements and advantages. The second is feeling or showing suspicion of someone's unfaithfulness in a relationship. The third is fiercely protective or vigilant of one's rights or possessions. And the fourth is of God demanding faithfulness and exclusive worship. For the purposes of this episode and for the story that I'm going to share with you guys about my struggle with jealousy, we're going to be talking about the first one, which is the feeling or showing of envy of somebody or their achievements and advantages. Y'all, I know that jealousy is something that I've struggled with my whole life. As a kid, my brother was so good at everything he did. He had so many friends. Everyone liked him. He got along with everyone so well. And I didn't. I had friends, but elementary school was definitely not my prime. James, my brother, was also a lot more athletic than me. He thrived in soccer far more than I ever could. Even in my own sport of cheer, he got a backflip on the trampoline before I did. I was so jealous. As I got older, it got worse. I saw the way that people gravitated towards him, and I felt like somehow that it was taking away from me. I had this deep fear and insecurity that everyone liked him more than me. What made it so much harder was that, honestly, the fear was founded in truth. People did like him more than me. He was objectively more likable than me, and this broke my heart. The number of times I cried tears because I felt like my friends liked my brother more than me was countless. And at some point in our elementary years, he became quote-unquote, too cool for me. And it wasn't that he had a bad attitude, but that he had his own friends, and he was going to go out and do things on his own, and I wasn't a part of that. It was so weird for me to experience this, because up until fourth grade, we'd done everything together. We were best friends. He had new best friends now. He didn't need me, and I felt so hurt, so unloved, and so alone. And this fed my jealousy of him and robbed me of so much joy that I could have been experiencing. In middle school, I decided that I didn't want anything to do with him. I wanted to disassociate myself from him so that I could be myself. So the people would see me as me and not know my name because they knew my brother. And the first year of middle school was absolutely amazing. I had made so many really good friends who I loved a lot and I was thriving in sports and band. Yes, I was a band nerd who played the flute and I was loving life. But then the next year, James was gonna join me in school. And rather than be excited that James was coming and lift him up, The jealousy crept in, and I was terrified that no one was going to like me anymore, that my friends were just going to want to hang out with him instead. Why would they want to hang out with me anyways if they could be with him? He was better. Clearly the more favored, the preferred of the Richmond children. At least that's what I thought, but I know that that was just lies being spoken over me, preventing me from being who God was calling me to be. As long as I was living in fear and jealousy, I could not become the best version of myself. So as James entered into middle school, I didn't champion him like a big sister should. I put him down. I didn't want him to be above me. That was so wrong. It was such a terrible mindset, but that's what I did, and I regret it a lot. I lost several of my friends because of the way I put my brother down. 
It's not an attractive thing. Rather than crediting those losses as a result of my bad behavior, I blamed him. I justified my thought that I would lose my friends because they liked him better, but I lost them because I gave in to the fear and let jealousy take hold. Middle school for me was only two years. So the following year, I entered high school. And much like the first year of middle school, I thrived. I made the varsity cheer team. I made a lot of really good friends. I got plugged into the high school ministry and I had an amazing year. But the moment that James was gonna enter school, fear took hold again. The lies that had been holding me captive, the fear and the jealousy of people liking him more than me, they crippled me. I didn't want him to be in Young Life with him. I didn't want him to start leading middle schoolers at the church with me. I didn't want him to do high school sports and be better than me. I didn't want him there because I felt like him being there would take away from me. My dad told me so many times that James and I had this amazing opportunity to share in the work of Christ together and that we could be best friends who did life together and championed one another, but I didn't feel like that was the case. My dad was totally right. My heart wasn't right though, and I had not put jealousy in its place, and because of that, I couldn't enjoy what was before me. I got into so many fights with James about going places or joining the same clubs or groups or sports as me. I actually had the audacity to tell him that I didn't want him to do things because they were quote unquote mine and I didn't want him to take them or ruin it. And my heart needed a major change. And that change eventually came, but it was such a battle. And I found that there are three key things to putting jealousy in its place. The first one is to find your identity. I didn't know my identity. And I wasn't secure in who I was. And because of that, I felt like James would take away from who I was. Take away my friends, my achievements, recognition, etc. Like all those things. I had to realize first off that I'm a child of God. I'd heard this a million times. But just because you hear something or know it with your mind doesn't mean you know it with your heart. And that's where the problem stems from. I had to become secure in who I was. Secure in my friendships and my leadership and my fellowship. Before I could see that while, yes, many people did like James and sometimes it felt like they liked him more, them liking him doesn't take anything away from them liking me. I had to change my mindset from a scarcity mindset that there was only so much appreciation, success, and friendship to go around to an abundance mentality. The second thing that's key is surrendering your problem and fear. See, after I realized my problem and my identity, I had to surrender it to God. And quite honestly, to James, I had to be willing to let God change my heart soften it, mold it, and rework it. And sometimes when God reworks things in our hearts, it's hard and it hurts. And it might feel like he's taking something away. But I assure you that he's really giving you something better. He never takes something away unless it's for your own good. God roasted me once. Actually, he does it all the time. And I've already told you all a few times where he roasted me. But this time he roasted me, I was at a worship service with my friends and James was there with his. I wonder if he even remembers this. He probably doesn't. But I was praying and singing as one does, and I felt this ick, as Sarah Kent calls it. If you all know what that is, check out Dealing With Ick. It was one of the, I think it was the second or third episode of the podcast uh, with Sarah Kent. But basically, I just felt like there was something not right, and I had this looming sense of guilt. And it took me a hot sec to figure out what it was. But after a few minutes, I realized it was my relationship with James that was causing this feeling. In my jealousy, I had broken my relationship with my brother, the guy who had been my best friend when we were little. And images of me and him running through the woods when we were younger and playing with stuffed animals in the basement and being in our own little make-believe world all the time, it flashed through my mind and my heart broke. 
In my jealousy of the amazing person he'd become, I distanced myself from him, fought with him, tried to exclude him, and really damaged my relationship with him. I started to pray about it, and I felt some sense of healing, but it wasn't enough. I laid it down to the Lord and confessed all the ways that I had screwed up and asked him to help me, and he pointed me towards my brother. I walked over to him, and I hugged him, and I told him how sorry I was. I tried to explain a little bit of my reasoning, and I cried and told him that I was so, so sorry. He hugged me, and he doesn't do that very often at all, and told me it was okay. And then he put his arm around me, and we continued in worship together. It was so beautiful, so healing, and so hard to get to myself to that point of surrender, but so, so, so necessary to surrender the problem to God and let him bear the burden with you. Also, just so you know, everything's obviously not perfect from that moment on. It's a journey, and it takes time. But that was just a significant moment of the journey that's taken a long time to get to that point and beyond that point. All right, y'all, the third key is to immerse yourself in truth. That means the Bible, y'all. The Bible has a lot to say about jealousy. Proverbs 14.30 says, A tranquil heart gives life to the flesh, but envy makes the bones rot. Jealousy will literally rot you from the inside out. It hurts us so much more than we realize. We're called to a tranquil heart. The, de the definition of tranquil is free from disturbance and calm. That's what we should aspire to. James 3.16 says, Where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and vile practices of all kinds. Another warning that things don't go well when we give in to jealousy. Jealousy happens when we're being selfish. If we were being generous, we would be able to celebrate with others. Being selfish is defined as lacking consideration for others, concerned chiefly with one's own personal profit or pleasure. When we are concerned only with ourselves, we become jealous of others and their personal profit or pleasure because we feel that it takes away from our own. And that is not the truth of the Bible. Okay, y'all, so you've heard my dysfunctional story with my brother and the way that jealousy hurt that relationship. But I want to take a look at two siblings in the Bible who let jealousy mess with their relationship. Any struggle we face is definitely talked about in the Bible in some way, shape, or form. How crazy is that? So we're going to check out Rachel and Leah. They're two sisters, and their story can be found in Genesis 29. Jacob, whose father was Isaac and whose grandfather was Abraham, flees from where he was, and he falls in love with a woman named Rachel. So according to customs back then, he works for her father for seven years to earn her hand in marriage. But Rachel wasn't the oldest. Leah was the older sister, and it was customary to marry off your oldest daughter first. So Rachel and Leah's father tricks him into marrying Leah first. That's not the one he's in love with. And then he had to work another seven years in order to marry Rachel. Also, back then, it was customary to have more than one wife, so he's not going off the rails here. But imagine how jealous Leah must have been that she wasn't the wanted one. Her younger sister was. This is honestly kind of how I felt. I wasn't the wanted one. James was. This isn't healthy, but the scriptures literally say that Jacob loved Rachel more than Leah. Leah experienced so much envy over her sister. But Rachel also experienced jealousy. Why, right? She had the love. True, but she didn't have children. Leah was having many children, and Rachel wasn't. So Rachel became jealous of her sister having children for Jacob when she couldn't. There were jealousy on both sides. Eventually, Rachel had a child, but it wasn't enough. She still wasn't satisfied. Jealousy has a way of doing that. It just takes and takes. She wanted not to just have one kid, but as many as her sister had. 
Rachel wanted to steal the idols from her father's house. She put her faith in these little idols to help her, quote-unquote, achieve in her competition with her sister. She was in constant competition. And that sounds a lot like my situation, and maybe yours too. Jealousy wrought such havoc upon this family in the Bible, and that's what it does in our lives too. It tears us apart from one another, from our relationships with God too. So we need to put jealousy in its place. On my journey with this, once I'd fixed the problem within my heart, or at least I was really like working on it and letting the Lord work within me, James and I were both leading youth group together. We did skits together for Young Life Club. We built each other up. We worked off of each other well. He wasn't my competition, but my built-in partner. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. I was most certainly not building up my brother at all in any way, shape, or form at one point in time. But eventually that changed. I used to want to tear him down in order to make myself look better, which is so not what we were supposed to do. And now I know, not just with my mind, but also with my heart, that building him up not only helps him, but also myself. And I experienced so much more joy and freedom when I learned to put jealousy in its place. Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 10 says that two are better than one because they have good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. My brother and I have the potential to be far better together than we would ever be apart. And that's what we became and are still becoming. It took me so long to see what jealousy was taking from me and the way that it was damaging my relationship and inhibiting me from the fullness of joy that I could experience. Vicki Kraft, a former minister to women at the Northwest Bible Church in Dallas, put together a list that I'm going to borrow for today and take a look at our own lives and identify the need to put jealousy in its place. So here are the questions that she asks. Do you work extremely hard to come out looking good? Do you examine others with a critical eye? Do you have hidden feelings of inferiority? Do you complain about not getting fair treatment? Do you have an insatisfiable desire for success? Do you need a lot of recognition for your achievements? Do you tend to be status conscious? Do you find it hard to pay compliments to others? Do you keep score of your own good deeds and those of others? Are you willing to pass along negative rumors about a successful person? Do you put on a false front in front of others to appear more impressive? Do you base your self-image on your performance? Y'all, if these questions resonated with you, I encourage you to take some time hanging out with our Savior so that you can resolve any jealousy that might be preventing you from being your best self. And maybe that issue of jealousy is something that you know you have. And maybe those questions lit a spark and you realize that maybe you are jealous of something that you didn't even know you were jealous about, which is totally possible. If we come together and put jealousy in its place, we will prevent it from taking hold of our lives. And when we do that, we're going to experience so much more richness and so much more fullness. And that's the way that we're called to live. We're not called to live in jealousy. We're called to put jealousy in its place. And how are we supposed to do that? By finding our identity, by surrendering our problem and fear, and by immersing ourselves in truth. If we do those three things, guys, we're going to be able to put jealousy in its place, where it belongs, so that we can move forward with our lives in a more purposeful manner. Maybe for you, jealousy with your sibling isn't an issue, but maybe it's jealousy with a friend. I've been there too, guys. 
one of my friends is really beautiful and really talented and everyone likes her and we actually ironically started our friendship by me being jealous with her and me wishing I was more like her honestly and I remember praying and being like god I don't want to be jealous of her like I want to have a good relationship with her I want to be friends with her he answered my prayers y'all it's crazy I'm rooming with her now in college and four years ago three years ago however many years ago it was when I met her I was jealous of her and had I not overcome that I would have missed out on an amazing friendship Jealousy is truly a thief of joy that takes away from our potential and our relationship with Christ. And whenever we're jealous, it's not a Christ-like characteristic, and we're called to be like Christ. Christians literally means little Christs. Little Christs aren't going around wishing they were more like other people. They're going around confident in who they are and in who God has made them to be. Little Christs don't go around bringing other people down. They go around building other people up. Jealousy takes all these things away from us. Let's not let that happen anymore. Y'all, let's put jealousy in its place by knowing our identities, by surrendering our problems and our fears, and by immersing ourselves in the truth of God's word. When we do that, we're going to be able to escape the negative things that come with jealousy. We're going to be able to prevent ourselves from missing out on relationships with others and relationship with God. Thanks, y'all, for tuning in to the On The Journey podcast this week. Another episode that's super near and dear to my heart that's something that I've really struggled with over my life. But I'm... I'm just so glad that I get to share that with you guys. Um, Make sure you subscribe and follow at On The Journey Podcast on Instagram so that you can stay up to date with everything that's going on. And if there's a topic that you want us to cover, send us a DM. Tune in next week to hear from Cole Massey about transition, change, and uncertainty. It's going to be a good one. He's a great guy. So tune in to hear from that. Peace out, friends, and remember to enjoy your journey.